Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about the age site case study. We will talk about the end-of-year numbers and stats that I have, plus five things that I've learned while working on this case study. So it's been interesting overall. I learned a, a few things, and a lot of it was like confirmation on things that I kind of suspected. Maybe I, I sort of knew that, for example, certain things work really well. And then some other things are, are just kind of uh, in the nature of how I set up the case study. So that'll make more sense when I get to it. I realize that's kind of cryptic at this point. So I'm recording this uh, very close to the actual publish date, which sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I realized I haven't given an update on this age site case study in a while. People send me emails, ask me certain questions about it um, pretty often. And I'm like, I just haven't gotten around to it. And part of that is like just holiday travel. So one of the luxuries, one of the great luxuries, probably the best thing is I have so much freedom with my time that sometimes I like make a spur of the moment kind of decision. Um, And I did that in late November. I decided to take a lot of December off and head down to Georgia, drive down to Georgia, which takes about 20, 21 hours each way. And that obviously is fairly time consuming. I listened to several audio books and, you know, I enjoy the long road trip. So it wasn't a bad thing, but that is roughly five days of driving just gone, right? So I enjoy it, but there's no productive work happening during that time. During the holidays, you know, maybe um, if I'm at home, I would kind of work a little bit. I like what I do, right? So it's not a big deal. I'm like excited to work on certain things. But over the holidays, you're visiting family and friends, and I haven't been back to Georgia in over two years or so. Is that right? Yeah, it was about two years. And I was visiting family that I haven't seen in a while. I just hung out with my parents and uh, with my sisters. I had some other relatives in town that have moved away. So anyway, there was a lot of not work being done, which is, is actually pretty fun. But with that said, this is one of those things where it's like, I don't get as much work done. I know that I probably owed an update for the age site case study, but at the same time, I was like, hey, I'm just going to wait and put it off because that's what you can do sometimes. It's a double-edged sword, to be honest with you, because it can lead to some you know, frantic activities and maybe some scatterbrain kind of ADD activity. So I, I try not to do that too much, but in this particular case, it works out well because I can give you a fresh update right out of December and you can hear about roughly six months of activity on the age site case study. Before we get to the updates, which I'm going to tell you about the revenue, I'm going to talk about the traffic, and five things that I've learned. Hopefully those will be insightful. I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by Ezoic. And that's a software platform that helps website owners make more money from their sites. Ezoic uses machine learning, basically artificial intelligence, and the goal is to provide a better visitor experience. And that helps you earn more money. Now, the thing is, I thought that Ezoic was 
just another display network. And since I focus a lot on Amazon affiliate sites, I wasn't really paying attention to really any display network until very recently. And then I wasn't paying attention to Ezoic or what they really do. The best part is you can put the ads, right? You can put ads on your site. So it is related to to display ads and certain pieces of functionality, but you can put ads where you want them to be. And then Ezoic, the software platform, tests different locations, ad types, different ad networks, and a lot of the you know, variables that maybe are confusing and you can't really A-B test or optimize on your own without a specific tool. They just rolled out the Site Speed Accelerator and it helps your site load faster by doing all the best practices automatically. So that'll optimize images, help you with lazy load, optimize CSS, minify different things and all the complicated things that sometimes don't work when you use another tool. So I highly and I highly recommend that you check out the seven-day free trial with Ezoic. And if you don't know anything about Ezoic, just head over to the site. There's a link in the description. You can learn about the tools and the different things you can do with the Ezoic. If you're new to the age site case study, you're in for a treat. There are several episodes about the age site case study, and I encourage you to check them out. The premise, the general idea for this case study is to buy a pre-made Amazon affiliate niche site and outsource the work to hit a positive ROI as soon as possible. There are also a bunch of details over on nichesiteproject.com slash ASCS. There's a link in the description. And there's also a bunch of YouTube videos that cover different aspects of the case study as well. I'm going to give you details on the earnings so far. I will talk about the traffic and that sort of thing, plus the expenses. So in fact, now that I'm saying it out loud, the expenses are very important. I'm actually going to talk about them a decent amount, but I don't remember, (laughs) I don't remember certain uh, details right off the top of my head. So I'll give you like the rough ballpark of uh, expenses. So that's important to keep in mind. So let's start with the earnings. And for the you know, the reference we bought, I bought the site in June and I took it over on like June the 16th. So I'll give you the end of year stats. So it's just under $500. It's $498.53. $498.53 from June all the way to December. The interesting thing, which is not too surprising, December was sort of the lion's share. So in December, $188 of revenue came in through this website. So the the majority, like the biggest month by far, um, is December. That's not a huge shock, but I'll give you the stats like each month along the way. So in June, it was $8.22. And in July, it was $36.44. August, $101. So we got to $100 pretty quick, but it was kind of an anomaly. Someone bought like multiple expensive things and kind of pushed it up artificially. And we know that because in September, it dropped back down to $47.35. In October, it was $56.63. 
And then in November, it was $59.48. And then, like I said, December of 2019 is $188.76. So, you know, that's like 3x over the previous months. And what I probably will expect in January is to drop back down to the like November levels, roughly. So that is in the roughly $60 per month range. Now, I didn't have any sort of like preconceived uh, goals set for um, like earnings because on average, right, if I started a brand new site in about six months, I would probably expect on average, right, there's tons of variables out there. But if someone asked me this question, I will tell them probably about a hundred bucks. In six months, you can make a hundred dollars per month and that's not unusual. So the you know, the idea with this case study was hopefully things will move a little bit more quickly than if I just started a site from scratch. And I could tell you that that's true because in like in June, as soon as I put affiliate links on the site, people were buying things. So within like three or four days, I think it was like three days, someone bought like two or three items. That's why the first month, which was only like two weeks worth of activity, that was $8.22. And then slowly things have been growing. That's where it's a little bit interesting because even though the earnings maybe didn't grow as much as I wanted. So I, I thought it would be cool if we could hit like two to 300 um, or sorry, three to 400 in December, just because that would be a little bit ahead of what I would expect on a normal, like average site. Um, we're a little bit less than that, but it's not super concerning for me. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit um, in a few minutes here, but let's look at the traffic. And if you want to see screenshots for all this stuff, nichesiteproject.com slash ASCS, and then you'll be able to see screenshots and kind of get the play-by-play month over month. So in June, uh, there were about 650 visitors. In July, almost 1,800. I'm just going to round here. In August, 2,000. In September, 2,500. In October, it was 3,000, so that's about 100 visitors a day. In November, it was 3,600, and in December, it was 4,600. So pretty good growth there, and one observation, this is pure speculation, this is not like scientific, but in this specific case, I believe the site was like a year old when I bought it. I don't think much was published, I don't think... um, Many things were uh, like getting links. There just wasn't much activity for a little while on the site. So it just kind of sat there idle. It was bringing in some traffic and it was ranking for some terms, but it was kind of neglected for a little while until I purchased it. Starting in July, I started publishing content and links started, uh, I started building links as well. So with that said, I kind of expected, you know, maybe some cool stuff is going to happen after six months, even though it was out of the sandbox already. It was already ranking for certain terms. It was getting traffic, all that stuff. I kind of expected, hey, if I do a bunch of work, it may be several months later before things are like going to show up. I see consistent growth as you can like understand from the monthly traffic level. So there's a little bit of growth. It's nothing like huge. There's no like hockey stick growth that 
like people talk about where all of a sudden some crazy stuff happens. It's just consistent growth, slow over time, which I mean, everybody wants to go a little bit faster. Everybody wants a little bit of a shortcut. And the fact is, I would like that too, but there's no real shortcut. I mean, I could have put more money and time into it, but the fact is I really haven't spent much time on this site at all. I've spent virtually zero hours on it in the last two months. Now that I am looking back at like what I've done and any kind of work that VAs have done for me, literally nothing has been done in the last two months, yet traffic is still growing from the work that I've been doing uh, or the work that I did via outsourcing in like July and August. So I didn't mention it before, but the people that have followed this for a little while, you probably know, I published 50 pieces of content, keyword golden ratio content in like July and August while I was on vacation. So I set up all this work to be done. I went off the grid. I drove to Alaska. I did a bunch of stuff. Uh, one thing I didn't do was work on the site while I was gone. And then the, the point here is I'm simulating what it's like if you perhaps have a full-time job a family, you have revenue or you have money that you can spend. You can outsource all this stuff. You maybe don't know the exact things to do yourself, but I'm recommending many different companies that you can work with. So by the way, I'm an affiliate for all the companies. So that's the sort of meta situation that is going on here. Like I knew that I can test these companies get results and then recommend them confidently because I'm literally using those services on this case study. So all that to say, there's been growth, there's been slow growth, and I haven't really done that much work on it. Great simulation for someone who is very busy. They want to start something on the side, but you don't have time to do it. You don't have time to like learn all the things, take a course and like hire people um, individually, but you can hire services where you just say, Hey, here, uh, I need 50 keywords on this particular website. And then you could take those keywords from one service and you can give it to another service, like a uh, content writing service and let them know, Hey, here's all the keywords. Here's a login to my site. Please publish them on a daily basis until you publish all 50, which is basically what I did while I was gone. And it worked out really well. And I'm still, you know, reaping the benefits of the growth because all that content has been uh, published. So moving on to some of the details with uh, the, the traffic. So if you are familiar with Google Analytics, I'm looking at the acquisition and all traffic channels. So I can kind of just let you know that uh, roughly 94% of the traffic is from organic search. So that is basically Google, other search engines, but the majority is Google. And I don't know um, off the top of my head some of the other like details that are in here. So I have like direct traffic, which is only about 4.3%. And then I have some referral traffic, which is a few hundred visitors over the course of the six plus months, but it's only about uh, 1.4%. The referral traffic is probably coming through like the blog comments that I've left out there. So I hired a company called OK Relax to do the blog commenting for me. Um, basically, I gave them a 
a little job aid, a one-page job aid. I gave them a list of sites that I wanted them to comment on. And they went out there and left a relevant comment on a hopefully relevant blog. And they did that for uh, several months for me. So that's worked out really well. And by the way, if you want to use the job aid and um, do the same kind of activity, I'll give you the job aid if you sign up with OK Relax as a um, as a customer through my affiliate link and then send me the receipt and the confirmation and all that business. And then I'll share the um, the job aid with you for the comments. So several people have uh, taken me up on that offer and quick side story here, which maybe it will be a whole other episode because some interesting things happened. I had a, actually a very good student of mine, a great um, customer, someone that I've worked with for several months, a student in my five figure niche site course. And he signed up with okay, relax and basically had trouble with his VA who just wasn't doing the work, wasn't emailing back. It was kind of a bad situation. And because I recommended okay, relax to my student. He asked me like, Hey, I'm having a little issue. Like, can you make any recommendations for me? Like I'm just having a hard time. So me being the ball buster that I am, I emailed them and basically let them know exactly what was going on. I reminded them that I'm an affiliate and that I have people that listen to what I say and they should probably figure out how to fix this for me. Um, because it was totally unacceptable. Eventually, I got a refund for the guy. Um, he didn't want to work with OK Relax. That was fine with me. Um, the big thing, and this is what I've learned from my consulting days. Uh, number one, I, when I was a consultant, we were uh, working for clients. So the clients would bust our balls and they would really hold us to a high standard. So now that I am a client and I'm working with you know, a, a company, that wants to keep me as a customer, they don't want to piss me off. I like ask them how this happened. I ask them uh, how it can be prevented in the future. And um, they even, they were like, hey, can we get on a call with you? And I, I let them know. <laughs> I let them know. I need to tell this faster now that I'm going down this uh, huge sidebar tangent. But I let them know, hey, I want to know your plan to prevent this in the future. They didn't quite have it outlined. Um, so when I chatted with them, I was like, this is unacceptable. Go figure it out. And I can't believe you scheduled a call with me before you had your shit together. So please go back and figure out what you need to do and let me know. And I left it at that, gave them a few days. They came back with a very good plan to prevent it in the future, which I could share with you later. By the way, I let them know. I was like, hey, I want to get a resolution for this because I can talk about it. This is all very interesting. You know, I, I'm hitching my wagon to different companies as uh, an affiliate partner. So if they mess up, if they fuck up, then it's on me too. So I had to make sure that um, I was watching out for my customers, uh, my my uh, audience, you specifically, that um, if a particular company isn't doing what they're supposed to, that I address it very, very um, harshly <laughs> as I did. So anyway, I don't think they were super happy dealing with me, but we ended up with a good resolution and um, the my student was happy with uh, me stepping in, taking care of it, and then he didn't have to worry about it anymore. 
That said, that is where the referral traffic is coming from, probably from blog comments uh, throughout the internet. So just keep that in mind. There's just a small, small percentage, but people do come in through those uh, links that are just on the name of the blog comment. So it's not a huge amount, but there are a few hundred people that visited the site through that uh, channel, basically. Okay. The other thing that I'll mention is the Search Console data. Basically, I'm looking at a report here where I filtered from June the 16th, the day I put analytics and the Search Console code on my site, um, all the way until December 31st, just a couple days ago. So total, there have been 15,000 and yeah, 15,800 clicks and 594,000 total impressions. The total impressions, that just means someone's Googled a term and one of the URLs on the site shows up somewhere, right? It shows up, I think it's somewhere in the top 100, roughly. I'm not 100% sure the the cutoff, but it shows up somewhere. And it kind of gives you an idea, like, is it showing up in search a lot? Other data in here that uh, is just shown by default The average click-through rate is 2.7% and the average position is 28.7. So that's the average position for any queries that show up. The great part in this graph, which you cannot see, is consistent growth. So again, it's just month over month, there's a little bit of growth and it's really nice to see. That is what I would prefer. I mean, yeah, if it grew a little bit faster, that would be better. But for the amount of work that I've done, this seems great. So there's slow growth. There's no hiccups. It looks like the November 8th um, Google algorithm update seemed to help this site, which is great. Um, I know a couple couple people I know, they got more traffic. You know, they're getting 20% more traffic. I know a handful of people, they lost 30% of their traffic. One of my sites lost about uh, like 8 to 12% which may be a little bit uh, hidden because of the retail season, but basically some sites have gone up, some sites have gone down, and I haven't seen any specific pattern. But in this particular case, this specific site, it looks like uh, traffic has gone up, impressions have gone up since November 8th, and I can see just sort of like a little blip on that date where you know it, it grew a little bit more than it was uh, in the previous months, and then it it sort of like continued the same slope for the math nerds out there, the same slope for growth um, since then. So it, it jumped a little bit, and then it's continuing to grow in sort of the same fashion. So I hope we'll continue to see that, and I'm going to move over to the other part. So what have I learned five things that I've learned working on the age site case study. So number one, the keyword golden ratio, the KGR, it still works. And it's kind of funny. I get emails probably like once a week or so. Someone just shoots me an email. Hey, does this still work? Or I see a comment on YouTube or something like that. It does still work. One of the cool things with the KGR is it's not used that much. So I know it sort of, it's getting some popularity. There's some 
a little extra like push. More people are talking about it, which is great. There's services popping up around it. Uh, someone emailed me the other day um, that I used to coach, and they're like, "Hey, I'm I'm doing." I'm doing client work. I'm doing keyword golden ratio services for clients, which is awesome. Like it's an idea that's so good that other people can use it to make money. All right. So I I don't make any money directly from it, but it still works. And when people ask, I'm like, yeah, still working. Like I get success stories um, every day. Um, In fact, there's a guy named Mike who emailed me recently I'll have to give him a better shout out on a different show or an additional shout out. But basically he started a site in like October and he started making money within like weeks. And it's, it's his, I think it's his first site, but basically it's like a proof of concept for him. He's like, Hey, this works. This is great. I can actually do this. And the keyword golden ratio helped him get traffic early. And by the way, I I also get questions from people who Maybe they don't know about the KGR or they've heard it doesn't work and they just discount it and they don't try it. They may be just publishing content and uh, they're going after keywords that they're probably not going to rank for for a year or more. And they're beginners, they're brand new, and they just didn't know that they were going after something that was a little bit too difficult. And they hear other people who are making money in weeks and they're trying to figure out the missing piece, the thing that they, they don't. Uh, they don't understand is like the KGR can get them traffic early on a brand new site. So number one, KGR still works. Um, I bought the site from human proof designs and then I hired human proof designs to do keyword research for me. They have a keyword golden ratio uh, research package is super economical. I'm not hundred percent sure how they, <laughs> how they make money on it. Um, I would charge way more, but they have a team. So they, they get the economy of scales. They're working with a team and doing, doing things a little faster, but you can hire them. Um, I have a, a uh, coupon code. So I think you could save, I think it's 5% on anything over there. So feel free to check it out. I appreciate it. If you buy anything through these affiliate links where I earn a commission, I appreciate it a lot. It helps me, you know, continue to, produce content. So anyway, I hired the uh, human proof designs team to do the keyword golden ratio research for me. I told them, Hey, I want like uh, 50 keywords. I think that's two packages. And I let them know I wanted like 50% to be informational in uh, like, yeah, basically informational, like how to content and the other 50%. Uh, so 25 keywords, I wanted them to be product focused. Uh, the more details you can give them, the the better the keywords will be. So if you want the keywords to be uh, about certain products, for example, maybe give them four or five products to sort of look around. Um, if you if you want to be you know pretty detailed, I would recommend you let them know you don't want any like local type keywords with like a location or geography or anything like that, unless you do, right? If that's exactly what you're looking for, then tell them that's what you want. But in my case, I didn't want to have like um, best wireless mouse from Walmart 
because I, I wasn't trying to sell any kind of Walmart products. So, you know, that sort of thing. I didn't want best wireless mouse, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. That doesn't make sense. So not, not that they would give you those keywords, but if you're just explicit about certain things that you want and certain things that you don't want, you'll end up with better results. That's kind of across the board too. So if you're working with a freelancer or a service, maybe it's a content company. If you want certain products to be covered, tell them the products. Otherwise, you're, you're going to get whatever they choose. So the more details you can give, the more direction, the better the results are going to be. So anyway, I, uh, I hired them to do the, the keyword golden ratio research. They turned it over in like three days or something like that, super fast and saved me a lot of time. That would have taken me, you know, a couple weeks or several hours or whatever to find 50 KGR keywords. It wouldn't have taken weeks. It would have taken me a few hours. Okay, moving on. Uh, second thing I learned, number two, buying a site that's earning money already is the fastest way to revenue. So I bought a site that was aged. I knew it was getting traffic. I could see that through third-party services like SEMrush or Hrefs. I could see that it was ranking and I knew that it was getting some organic traffic from Google. I didn't know for sure if it was earning or not, Currently, Human Proof Designs has a package or has a, a product where the site's earning money already. So they, they could tell you, hey, the site's been making whatever, $50, $100 a month or whatever for the last couple months. And you know, as soon as you get it into your hands, as soon as you get your affiliate links on there, it's going to be making money. So keep that in mind. They didn't have the product available, but basically I knew that the site was ranking for a couple product-related terms and knew it was getting traffic on those pages. And I was able to make money almost immediately. So that's the fastest way to revenue. If you are on a tighter budget, then you can't buy a site that's making money already. Those are more expensive. But if you want to like shortcut, and again, the whole idea here is like people that have more money than time, and you're able to take some shortcuts, even though it may come at a premium price. Okay, so buying a site that's already earning, that's the fastest way to revenue. A couple of these are obvious, but you know what, what can you do? <laughs> so number three, high expenses make the positive ROI goal much harder. So I'll, let me tell you a little about the expenses. I decided sort of at the beginning that I wanted the the budget to be about, I think I said like 12, I, I was thinking 12,000 for the first six months. Then I bumped it up to about 15 just to give me a little more leeway. I have a lot of flexibility. I made up this whole thing on my own. So huge amount of flexibility. In fact, we're going to talk about maybe changing things up at the end here. But basically, the site was fairly expensive. And I think I paid uh, about $6,000 for it. And Quickly after that, I hired content development pros to do 50 articles for me. I think it was 1,200 words a piece, maybe 1,000, kind of, you know, just the bare minimum, just long enough to start um, ranking for some terms. And uh, they did all that in about 30 days while I was on vacation in Alaska. That cost, if I remember right, um, it was like $4,500, something like that pretty expensive, right? So right off the bat, we're pretty close to $10,000 of expenses just buying the site and getting some content. After that, 
I needed to get some blog comments out there, and I also needed to get some guest posts. I hired two services um, to do the guest posting. One is the Hoth, which seemed to over-deliver as far as the metrics and stats, and then the other is Loganics, and they have a little bit more uh, like service-oriented approach. They have a more service-oriented approach where they, they basically check with you on what site you want to have the guest post published on. So they'll give you a couple recommendations, um, some that would maybe work out well for you. And then you could let them know, hey, I like this site. I don't like that site for whatever reason. It could be arbitrary. I took their number one recommendations in, in the cases that they had, um, you know, well, in, in all the cases, right? So whatever they said the number one recommendation was, I took a quick look, made sure it was getting some organic traffic. And then I was like, hey, yeah, I'll take your number one recommendations. The key thing with these guest posting services um, is to go ahead and use the organic search traffic criteria. Back in the day, and actually a lot of services still use the domain authority as how they uh, charge and how they price their guest posting service. But I uh, wanted to get sites that were getting organic traffic, which again, you could check with an external source. You could check on SEMrush, Hrefs, probably other tools. And you can make sure that these sites are ranking for certain terms and in my book, that is the best way to understand if Google values the site at all. If they're sending it organic traffic, then that is a very, very good thing to see. But basically, those services are quite expensive. Um, and they run roughly like two to $600 per guest post. So quite expensive, all right? However, again, I just haven't spent much time on it. I would go log into the Hoth, put in an order. They have sales every month. They usually have some sort of a deal. Um, It's not on every product, so you you may have to shop around, but I kind of waited until there was a deal. And then I would buy a few guest posts and go ahead and, and get those logged. And I haven't been getting a certain number per month or any kind of schedule I just I'm waiting for the deal. And then when a when I see a good deal from the Hoth, sign up for their email list, by the way, and you'll see those deals come through your inbox, you can just go and buy three or four guest posts and you'll probably save, you know, some pretty big percentage. So I think the last one I got maybe it was like 25 or 30% off. I can't remember exactly. Um, but the those high expenses really tie your hands. And as far as the the ROI. So I know in the long run, this is going to work out okay. I did a YouTube video talking about like the high expenses and when I think it will break even. I didn't have a strong uh, prediction, by the way, but I knew basically if I spent about 15,000 bucks, I just needed to be earning about 300 to say $500 or so based on fairly conservative uh, like multiples, uh, if I were to sell the site, the value of the site would be enough to cover my expenses. So with that said, we're not at an like ROI positive from a valuation perspective, but that is probably because the expenses are so damn high. That said, moving on to point number four, outsourcing everything makes it easy. It really does. I emphasize this a lot as I was talking through a lot of the points and the work that was done, but I spent a few minutes picking out the site, maybe uh, 30 or 40 minutes, something like that, 
maybe even up to an hour. And then I've spent, you know, a few hours here and there doing a, l- a little bit of review, just like, okay, do these keywords look okay that I got from human proof designs? Um, once I sort of prioritized those and, and got the work over to content development pros, I had to, you know, work with them a little bit. By the way, if you sign up with content development pros, you can get a discount. I think it's 10%. Um, you can get a 10% discount. You should work with my account manager uh, named Tim and send him an email directly. So let him know that, you know, you heard about him from me um, and he can hook you up and I can share with you my status uh, and project reporting spreadsheet that I sent over to Tim and his crew. So the project manager on their team can see what you want published, see the date that um, you know you assigned it, when they turned it in, any feedback that you have for them. And it's just a way to manage all this stuff in a simple way, right? It's not a complicated tool or anything. It's just a Google sheet. So if you sign up with Content Development Pros, I could share that sheet with you kind of helps you track everything, helps them track things and then understand like, hey, this, this one needs some revisions. They have unlimited revisions if memory serves. And uh, basically you just read it, you let them know, hey, I need, I need some uh, different stuff here or there or whatever. Again, calling back to the earlier point, the more details you can give ahead of time, the better. So keep that in mind. It's, it's definitely time consuming to have revisions going back and forth. So it's better if you give them more information up front. So outsourcing everything has been a breeze and I haven't done very much with this site at all. I think um, I've neglected it in many ways and this is kind of a a real life scenario. My laziness sort of made it work out that way. Um, And just being busy, like I said, I've been, I've traveled a lot the second half of this year while I've been working on this case study. So it's been... Kind of, kind of cool just to see like how everything can work when you outsource it. So it's not, it's not the best scenario, and there's been growth, but maybe not as much as if I was doing a little more work myself. But it's been good enough. Moving on to number five, I called this one. I'm out to lunch. So basically, I don't know all the little details <laughs> with the site. So. I'm not super happy with the theme on it. It's fine, but it looks like all the sites that are produced in this fashion, I mean, they templateize their process. So basically, the homepage looks the same as like all the other homepages that are based on this specific theme. So that is is not awesome, but, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. I'm I'm sure um, it just looks fairly plain vanilla in a lot of ways, but for, for people that are perhaps, you know, browsing on their phone or on a tablet or something like that, there's just content. It's easy to read, but you know, when I look at it, I'm like, Oh, this is clearly a, an affiliate site. It looks like all the other affiliate sites um, out there using this specific theme. So I don't love that. Um, as far as the content and the content quality, I haven't, I still haven't read it. So if you've listened to the other updates, I'm just one lazy motherfucker sometimes. So I, I really, 
I, I need to get in there and maybe um, you know read the content on the top ten trafficked post, right? Just break it down. I could just go check out the the pages that are getting traffic, make sure those are tight, and move on from there. But I haven't yet done that. So I'm out to lunch. Like I've outsourced it so to such a degree that I haven't like looked. I, I spot checked here and there, and I was like, okay, that's good enough. I probably read like three or four of the articles. I've had it for six months. This is terrible. Okay. Internal linking. I had my VA work on that. So I used a tool called uh, Link Whisper to do um, the the internal linking. I just sent the videos over to the, the videos by Link Whisper on using the tool. I sent it over to my VA and you know she went through the content, did the in- internal links and did some light proofreading while she was perusing everything. And um I checked like one or two and I didn't look at any more. That's one good thing with uh, Link Whisper. I could just run the report and I see that it's doing what it's like. There's links out there to all the content. So I'm like, all right, that's good enough. I'm not trying to save the world with a site or anything. And last, the other out to lunch portion is I know, I know based on the keywords um, that there is some content that is highly similar. That's my fault. When I looked at the KGR list from human proof designs there were maybe a couple keywords that were sort of similar maybe that i could have grouped together but i, j- I just didn't see it because i was uh, not detail oriented enough as i was looking through it so there are some topics that are very similar very similar verging on being like redundant so for the seo nerds out there you probably are thinking hey you, you can get some keyword cannibalization issues with this uh, like similar content. So that is probably what is happening. And for the people that don't know, basically if you have topics that are super similar and this can happen with KGR content uh, pretty often, by the way, you can end up with two pieces of content that are targeting similar keywords. And the net result is you are probably going to rank a little bit lower for both keywords. You may have both of your pages ranking, but maybe they're ranking like, eight and nine, instead of like having one piece of content ranking number one. It's better to have one piece of content ranking number one than two pieces ranking like eight and nine in most cases. So basically, I need to get out there and actually read what's going on, check out the site, do a spot check, and um, perhaps in the new year, I'll uh, carve out some time. Maybe I'll schedule it. Maybe this is a good thing for me to go through just because, um, you know, I've neglected it so much. So those are the five things. Quick recap here. So the KGR, it still works. I got it to work for this site. I get emails from people every day like, hey, thanks a lot for the KGR. I'm making money. I just started my site. It's working great, blah, blah, blah. Number two, buying a site that's earning already is the fastest way to monthly revenue. Number three, high expenses make the ROI a lot harder. In a quick sidebar, Spencer Hawes over at Niche Pursuits has like a public case study. It's called Niche Site Project Number Four, and I think he had sort of a, a similar approach of like outsourcing most of the activities. So his expenses are quite high. He's making a lot more money. The site's, you know, older. He's been doing a, a lot more work on it. And he's Spencer Haas. He's, he knows what he's doing. So his expenses were quite high 
because he's outsourcing things and it just makes things go a little slower, but he's very busy. He has software products. He's running a blog. He has a, you know, a family that he's spending time with and he didn't want to burn a lot of time on the case study. So he outsourced a lot of it. And I think it's a, it's a, it's an approach that is fine. As long as you understand, like it's going to take you a little bit longer because you're outsourcing things. The cool part, which I think is worth mentioning is with like a brick and mortar business, or let's say you're opening a restaurant or you're going to sell, you know, some kind of wireless mouses. There's one in front of me. That's why I'm mentioning that over and over again. Basically, an online business has such high margins and potentially low expenses that if you if you are starting a site from scratch and you have a very small budget but you have some time, you can start the thing for like 300 bucks over the first six months or so and then do most of the work yourself and end up with like 99% um, like profit margin. It's kind of insane. So having these higher expenses make it harder to hit your ROI. But like when you're looking at an actual like, uh, or you're comparing it to a brick and mortar business, you can have super high expenses. Again, like a restaurant, you got to pay for a lease. There's a uh, different uh, like certifications, licensing, uh, zoning. I'm probably throwing out the wrong words here, but there's a lot of expenses with, uh, doing that. Plus all the equipment that you have to put in a kitchen, right? So you have to buy like a stove range. You have to deal with all those expenses of actual physical things to put in the store. That said, you could be like in the red, not making any money for, like many months or years, right? I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend you you do that unless you know what you're doing. But I mean, a lot of people, maybe they um, they make good cupcakes and they think, hey, I'm going to open a bakery and they like get deep into this situation where they've spent, you know, a quarter of a million dollars on like building out the store and they haven't made their first cupcake and sold it yet, like that sort of thing. So anyway, there's high expenses in this case study, but it's all relative and it could be done much cheaper. And if you compare it to a real brick and mortar business, it's not that crazy. Okay, number four, that outsourcing stuff, it makes it way easier. You can do what I did and not read the content, kind of just phone it in, order keywords, have some people write it, throw money at the problem. And then at the end of the day, it's like, there's growth, right? This is working. It's working. And number five, I learned that uh, sometimes I'm lazy. Um, lazy may be the wrong word, but I uh, sometimes neglect certain pieces of work um, while focusing on others or maybe just other things like vacation and not doing work which is kind of normal. And that brings me to a potential change in the case study. So as I was, you know, working on this case study or not working on the case study, I also was testing um, some outreach and link building uh, activities in-house. So I had a VA of mine work on like getting links, doing outreach, working on like finding contacts, blogs that maybe would work with me. And not not like blasting the internet. I'm not talking about, um, you know, sending out hundreds of emails. I'm talking about like surgical precision, sending emails to 
like very, very uh, qualified people that would probably want to work with me. And it was great. Instead of paying, you know, two to $600 per uh, link or guest post, it was more like 50 to 75, including the time that my VA spent on it. That is uh, a dramatic, dramatic savings. And it was just as fast, if not faster than using the services. And it was fantastic. I mean, I, we had a really good experience working through it and we kind of surprised ourselves. In fact, I, I turned my VA, my VA, um, out on this process. I was, you know, we had a couple calls. I was like, here's what I think we should do. Let's do this thing. Send out a couple emails a day, like one to two and, um, you know, keep me posted. Let me know how, how it works. And then next thing I know, um, she was like, all right, um, I got 30 of them. And I was like, wait, wait, what? How many did you get? So anyway, we had to throttle that down a little bit and uh, take a pause, take a beat. And I was like, well, that works really well. So the change up in the case study is I'm probably going to bring the link building, which was the most expensive component, um, in-house and have my VA work on it because it'll be a lot cheaper. And, you know, the case study is what I define it to be, right? So a lot of people over the years were like, hey, what service do you recommend for X, Y, or Z? I have $2,000 a month to spend on this thing. I want to diversify my, you know, passive income portfolio. And I just don't know what services to use. And I didn't know what to recommend to them because I wasn't doing any of this stuff. So that is one of the key reasons why I started I was like, hey, I'm just going to outsource everything. There are people out there that are asking about it. They want to hire a company to do all the content, even though I'm telling them, hey, you can get it done for, I'm just going to make up a number. You could do it for, uh, you know, 60% less by just hiring people directly. And they were like, I don't have time. I haven't had good luck with it. I don't want to work with writers directly. And uh, content development pros is a, a you know perfect candidate. So I tested them out, spent um, close to ten thousand bucks with them last year, just testing them out, seeing how it works before I started recommending it um, out there. So anyway, I'm probably going to bring that link building piece in house, the outreach in house, and see if um, well, it's going to save money. It's going to save a huge amount of money and keep those expenses low. So basically, um, in June and July, when I was sort of defining and figuring out this case study, I decided that I wanted to set the budget for about six months. And then it just sort of worked out nicely. Hey, um, okay, six months is up. I have the opportunity. You know, there's sort of an artificial built-in deadline. I have an opportunity to basically redefine what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, how I'm doing it, and that sort of thing. So that is where I'm at. Let me know. Uh, leave a comment or you know, you can shoot me a voicemail. You can send me an email. Let me know what you think about bringing that link building in-house, even though it's going against the, you know, the spirit of outsourcing everything. I think it's okay. I think it's okay, number one, because I want to have an asset at the end of the day. So we're learning. We're doing the case study. I'm sharing like the services that I'm using. I'm sharing the process that I'm going through. I'm keeping it as simple and uh, you know light on work as possible to the point where I've been neglecting things a little bit. But now 
I'm like, okay, if I if I'm continuing at this run rate for the guest post, it's not it's just going to take a lot longer to have an ROI positive situation. If I keep the expenses lower, if I run it a little bit more lean, there will be more traffic. There will be more revenue coming in and the expenses will be lower. So this is just like super boring uh, accounting where I just sat back and I was like, hey, those expenses are high. Can we cut those a little bit? How can we cut them? And uh, as I mentioned, the outreach campaign that I ran uh, with my VA was so awesome that I was like, all right, we're just going to do that. So we will be switching it up. Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure when I'm going to kick that off. I got a couple things uh, going on. I have a five-figure niche site. The course is uh, launching next week. So I I launch the course every every quarter or so. And if you're listening to this in January of 2020, then you may have the opportunity to check it out. I'll put a link in the description. And basically, this is a framework. There are uh, many hundreds of students that have gone through the course. There's a lot of success stories out there that I've talked about on YouTube. I actually don't do as good of a job as I should on getting updates and just like bragging on the students. Um, some people, you know, like the attention, other people want to stay under the radar, but I'm just sort of, uh, I don't know, I'm like shy to ask or something, but most people are like, Hey, I'm kicking ass. I'm going to tell people about it. I want to share the knowledge. Cause I was sitting right where they were, uh, you know, 18 months ago and now I quit my job. You know, th- those are the kind of stories that are out there. And I'm just like, Oh, that's great. Um, maybe I'll mention you coming up soon, but you know, this make money online arena of, you know, like charlatans out there. It's tough. So I try and separate myself from them and I try not to, you know, make things too sensational too often. I make it a little sensational sometimes, but I try not to do it too much. So anyway, fivefigurenichesite.com. You should follow the specific link in the description. So I kind of uh, run very, very tight funnels. So um, you should follow the the link in the description for this show. And if you're listening to it beyond, what date would that be? If you If you're listening to it beyond... All right, the launch window is this. So it's January 13th to 17th. We're flying by the seat of our pants here, people. So 13th through the 17th, that is the window when you can enroll in the course. And then it's closed. Um, Behind the scenes, there is an evergreen funnel. Maybe I'll talk about this more in depth someday. But basically, there's an evergreen funnel. And if you sign up for my email list, you will go through a series of helpful emails where I teach you things and point you in the right direction for certain topics. And then after some time, roughly about 30 days, I present an offer to you. Hey, do you want to check out this course, Five Figure Niche Site? So I try to just give people like the course when they're interested in it. And I kind of take people down that funnel, the, the sales path there. So anyway... I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or comments on the age site case study, feedback at doug.show. That is the email address. You can even call in. There's a phone number in the description. You could leave me a voicemail. And if you make it around 90 seconds, that's ideal. Highly recommend you just write it out. 
read it, time yourself. And then if you're not around 90 seconds, you can tweak it. What you don't want to do is go over two minutes. That's too long. If your question's 30 seconds, that could be okay. That's no big deal. Um, 90 seconds is great. We get to know you a little bit more. But uh, yeah, when you're over two minutes, that's a little long. Believe me. Believe me, that's a little long. Okay, so we'll leave it at that. I do want to know your questions. It gives me ideas for new shows. And coming up soon, we're going to be doing some more interviews. So towards the tail end of the year, you may have realized I didn't do as many interviews. That is partially by design because it's much easier for me to do an episode without interviewing someone. But it is sometimes less interesting to just hear me talk for one hour. So I'm going to be doing some more interviews. I have lists of uh, many different people, but if you have recommendations, I'd love to hear them too. All right. I'd love to hear them too. So have a great day out there. We'll catch you on the next episode.